this episode is an interview with Scott Hill, who he he wanted me to say he identifies as a member of a missionary community who happens to be a Catholic priest. And I've gotten to know and really admire and learn so much from Scott on our phone hotline. And I invited him to come on the podcast, and I'm so grateful he did. Here's the interview. So, Scott, I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about your career before you started at Night Ministry and what brought you to Night Ministry. Uh, I was ordained in 1979. uh, And my first, I'm a member of a missionary community. So I don't work within a, a local jurisdiction. I pretty much move wherever my community asks me to go and serve. So I've my first appointment uh, after ordination was Billings, Montana. And oh. then from there, I worked in California and Alaska. Mm-hmm. I've been my primary places of ministry, both in Northern and Southern California. Right. Uh, I did... 16 years of ministry in parish work, uh, working with a congregation, uh, both as an assistant and then as pastor. I grew tired of that ministry uh, in 1993, 94, and uh, had asked to take a sabbatical or take some time off to see what happened is that as pastor, I became involved with the AIDS community. Uh, and and because I had members of my own community who had AIDS, I had learned how to be present to them. And then when they were in the hospital visiting with them, I would be asked by some of the nursing staff to visit other patients, mm-hmm. other Catholic patients who were suffering from AIDS. Uh, I grew to love that kind of ministry. Uh, because it was more than because it involved people in their heart mm. at the very core of their being in their souls mm-hmm. uh, because there there are all kinds of questions about God and God's love of them God's acceptance uh, because many were queer uh, and and so my heart grew grew in in being present to this community uh, particularly so because of my own gay orientation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gave me a chance to engage my own experience, having learned my, from my own struggles what the struggles were with other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, because of that, uh, it led me to give up to request leaving parish work and go into hospital work. My primary, my primary goal was to work with people with AIDS, but I was getting involved. I had gotten involved with the AIDS community later as as more and more drugs were coming online in response to the AIDS community. So I went off and spent a year in CPE, studying, preparing to become a hospital chaplain. And, and before I graduated from CPE, I was hired by a hospital in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, again, the ministry in the hospital was the same experience as meeting people with AIDS. You know, you met people in their raw moments. Uh, it, when, when, life, when life's predictability had, been un, had, had uh, unsettled them, uh, 
-hmm. and so it was trying trying to walk with people and trying to find meaning and and some insight from their own order to walk through the life they were living with as people who are sick and no longer in control of their lives so so for me it was a ministry that drew me to uh the soul of a person not to heal them that's not my job uh but my my what i've grown to appreciate is that ministry is a ministry to the soul mm. trying to seek meaning and understanding and insight from what is being lived and experienced by those who are struggling in life that's what led me to night ministry that is so beautiful and one thing you said that really piqued my interest was that when you first work started working with patients with aids you you had to learn how to be present with them so can you tell me a little bit about what that learning was like and and what you learned well uh george it was uh it was having to learn it's having to put into practice what i've learned from my own struggles as a gay man uh, questioning whether I'm acceptable to God, um, whether I matter or am I condemned, as my my religion seems to want to say about about my orientation and about the orientation of others. Uh, but I knew that was so contrary to my experience of God, that God is much bigger than than we let we let God be. Uh, God is a God of love of compassion, who welcomes all, regardless of who they are, and regardless of their orientation or their status in life. All, you know, one of the things I've grown to appreciate for myself, and I have to keep reminding myself, and it was a message that I tried to carry in my ministry, was that every person I met was one of God's beloved, that they are all cared for, that God doesn't abandon, and that's uh, yeah, I had to I had the painful journey of learning that myself. So my ministry with those with AIDS was to understand that not only awful pain, the pain of the soul, but at the very core of their being, whether they had any any belonging to something greater than themselves. Yeah, that sounds like such a a beautiful journey that you went on. Um, in terms of realizing, um, realizing the power of God as a loving God, and and you said something that really um, piqued my interest. You said something like, um, "God is bigger than we can conceive of," and that right. that resonates with me so deeply. Yeah, yeah, minds are so limited, um, and and I find. Uh, I find spiritual a spiritual journey more inviting than being locked into a religious tradition. I, I appreciate my Catholic background uh, and and my Catholic way of life, but I know it's only it's only as 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 deep as I'm willing to explore the grandness of God. Mm. And so sometimes that moves me outside the boundaries of my religion. Hmm. You know, and and because, but the role of religion for me is the role of inviting people to explore mystery in their lives, 
not a mystery that's not meant to be known, but it create a curiosity to draw one more deeply into the unknown and be awed by the unknown. Yeah, I love your mention of awe. My um, my favorite Jewish theologian is Abraham Joshua Heschel, who talks oh, about yeah. awe and yeah. mystery and the ineffable. And it it one thing that always fascinates me, and this is so fundamental, is this interplay between the unknowability of God and the realness of God in our lives. And that's the tension, George. You know, we hold a conundrum. Uh, but I would suggest you know, the conundrum between uh, the mind and the heart, the mind and the soul. But uh, to me, it's in the soul where I find God speaking. Mm. And, and the soul is what informs the mind uh, how to live and how to act. But somewhere there needs to be um, a merging of the, the soul and the head or the heart and the head. Uh, and for the, for, and, and there's a non-dualistic way of thinking. I, you know, language escapes me uh, at moments like this. But there is such a conundrum in, in trying to integrate the heart and the head into a sense of wholeness. And that's, that's uh, to me, is what the human journey is about. It's about finding wholeness. So let's, this is wonderful. And let's connect it a little bit to the work of ministry. Sure. And what that, what that looks like in terms of one of the things I've learned a lot about this summer is the interplay between presence and doing something more proactive. So tell me about what, can you tell me about like what ministry is and how you think it works? Again, ministry for me, and that's what drew me to San Francisco Night Ministry was the very word, because I was looking for something to do beyond after uh, my mother had died. So I a lot latched on to the word ministry because it's familiar to me, because it, it, it's about, as you mentioned, uh, it's presence. It's being a witness to people's experiences, to the pain and suffering. Uh, and, 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 and yet be willing to accompany people uh, in their experience, to honor them in their humanity. Not to fix them. That's beyond. That's way beyond my pay grade. <laughs> but 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 uh, but not. But being present and being engaged, listening, respecting, and honoring where people are in their journey. Uh, and it is a journey. Uh, now, where that journey leads, uh, it's not up to me to decide where that journey leads. It's up to the individual person. But ministry is about companionship for me. Uh, it's about helping people own their experiences to comfort and support and perhaps offer words of healing and reassurance on their life, in their lives, mm -hmm. or on the journey they're walking. Right. And I always, oh, go ahead. I'm, I was going to say, one thing I, I struggle with is I, I hear that, and yet, I feel this urge to connect, um, to connect ministry to the conversation we were having 
a few minutes ago about the ineffable and um and awe and radical amazement as heschel says mm-hmm. and sometimes i find it hard to to accompany without trying to like um to sometimes i feel like i go too far in imposing um my sense of the ineffable well so, that's the beauty of cpe george yeah <laughs> you know to teach us how to be present how to let go of the need to fix or or yeah the need to fix it's just it's how to be companions mm-hmm. yeah and i find that that's it's sort of um for me it's never-ending work because as soon as I, if I have what I consider to be a nice call or a nice encounter with someone on the street, and I feel like I get that balance as close to correct as I can, suddenly I'm talking to the next person. And that that can be really humbling. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, there can be the highs and lows of ministry. When there's a, the kind of that aha moment, when, when you and another person are engaged with each other yeah. and it's honoring that it's 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 there's a, a divine connection happening between what you are offering and the presence you're giving uh and the person knows that they're being heard mm-hmm. that they're being respected in their that's a that's a divine moment that's a grand moment of it of the experience of the holy taking place in that person's life and yours we both we benefit both of us the caller and and our and we who receive the call we benefit from that encounter yeah and it is humbling because you know even though there are the mountains um there are the moments when we're brought back down into the valley okay mm-hmm. that's a wake-up mo- moment to say hey you know sometimes god is encountered in the moment and sometimes God isn't. Sometimes God is silent in ways we don't understand or appreciate. But may, it may still be working uh, through us in that person in another caller's life in ways we don't recognize. Yeah. That's you know that's that's what faith means to me. Faith is not a, a, a um, series of catechisms or intellectual teachings. Faith is the mystery of stepping into the unknown and walking without complete certitude and trusting that that God is at work, even in those uh, hidden, silent moments. Mm. That's so resonant with me. And another thing I think a lot about is what theology does in that context, because what what interests me most about theology is is what what I like to call lived theology. So not so much what what someone writes about God, whether God is transcendent or imminent or or whatever. But what I love about theology is the lived experience of of our ongoing relationships with God and our ongoing uncertainty and our ongoing um journeys and i'm wondering i'm wondering how you see theology helping with that you know george um i want to acknowledge 
what you, you know, I want to acknowledge what Judaism has offered us. It gives us a theological foundation. But my, my appreciation of Judaism is that there's something deeper at work. Take the word hesed or shalom. There's more to it than simply saying mercy or healing. There's something deeper in the words. Theology gives us the word, uh, but it's only a jumping off point into the mystery of the divine. That's fascinating. And if I, if I understand what you're saying, it really resonates with me as someone who's studied Hebrew and, and Jewish thought and Jewish text, because there is so much mystery mm-hmm. in the Hebrew Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm less familiar with, with the Gospels and all that, but in the, Bi- in the Hebrew Bible that I've studied, there's so much uncertainty about what things mean. And there's so much, and and um, I I sometimes have this image in my mind of Hebrew letters being physically bigger on the page than Roman characters because mm-hmm. they're so rich and they're so like you can look at their origins and what they've meant in different contexts, and mm-hmm. there's so much um, there's so much mystery and ambiguity in um, embedded in the Hebrew Bible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the richness we draw from as Christians. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I suggest enlightens our spirituality. Mm-hmm. There's a spiritual spirituality um, within Judaism that enlightened uh, the early Christian mystics. So let's, I want to, my, my podcast is... Um is focusing on this idea of listening. So mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear from you, what what for you are the hardest parts of, of this work, of listening? My own agenda, <laughs> you know, and, and getting in the way of somebody's story. Uh, my, my, my judgmentalism, uh, I know that's there. Uh, my expectations, my desire to fix that's a, that is a um, professional what's the word i'm looking for it's a professional failure or professional fault that thinking that i can fix another human being mm-hmm. you know i'll leave the physical the doctor medical doctors fix the physical respond to the physical needs mm-hmm. um and a professional failure of, of being a minister is uh, wanting to fix the soul. And that's way beyond me. Uh, that's up to God. All I can, um, my obstacles are my judgments of getting in God's way. You know, one of my prayers constantly, even, even when I prepare for be, to being a, to receive calls on the nightline, night calls, uh, is it asking God not to get into God's way? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm so conscious of that I do that, and I suppose some. I suppose that some, as some would say, that's this. Uh, that's the imperial ego <laughs> wanting to um, wanting to uh, make everything right, make yeah. person whole, make them perfect. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
for me, ministry is about saying, in God's eyes, we are perfect in our imperfections. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I've I've thought a lot about this summer is, and I sort of was getting at, trying to get at this a little bit before, is I hear you when you say that your expectations can get in the way, and that um, and that your agenda can get in the way, and that I that resonates with me. I think that's true, and I wonder whether it is healthy to have some expectations. Like it's a complicated. Um, it's a complicated dynamic. Like we, you have to, you can't hold on too hard because then you end up squeezing the thing until it breaks. But you, but we are trying to do something. So, I, I, do you agree with me that there's a there's a tension there, or do you think it's fundamentally about just being as as being passive? You know, George, it's it's. Um... You, you acknowledge there's a tension between doing and being. Yeah. But I, I, as I get older, I come to appreciate more that being is, 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 is the essence of our humanity. Mm. Uh, you know, doing is, you know, um, doing is, you know, uh, uh, doing when I was younger as a young man in ministry, I was doing a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but as I've gotten older, I'm, uh, I've come to appreciate that doing doesn't matter as much to people as being with them. Yeah. That the being is more intrinsic to our human to uh, to relationships as human beings. Yeah, yeah, that that's something that's resonant and that's that's a lesson that i think i'm going to continue to learn yeah and georgia i really want to emphasize emphasize that i'm speaking from my position my viewpoint as a 72 year old man yeah you know if you're asking me when i was in my 30s and 40s i would say doing was important was more important yeah so each age each each stage of life uh, has has some some particular importance that needs to be addressed. Yeah. At this point in my life, I would say uh, what I'm trying to address as a human being, and as a person who continues to want to grow and mature towards a sense of wholeness, is that I've come to appreciate the importance of being. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Do you think then, if if the work is fundamentally about being and being with another person, the techniques you learn in CPE and as a chaplain and in life in general are about learning how to best be with that person? Yes, that's the richness of CPE. And, and you know, I find, you know, even yesterday, um, I volunteered to give the homily. Uh, which uh, at the open cathedral. Yeah. You know, for me, it was more important to acknowledge the reality of people's lives who come to open cathedral. As messy and as complicated as it is, uh, and as hard as life may be for all the people who come to open cathedral, who live on the street, uh, I wanted to acknowledge that 
and and say I'm present to it. But so is God. Yeah. But God doesn't say that. God doesn't come with the expectations that they should be something else. That they can they have their lives have meaning for the very person for the very reality that they're human beings. That they are God's beloved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether I could have preached that when I was younger. Uh, maybe you know. To me, it just seems like saying, "Hey, this is real, folks. What you're living, but what matters, or what's important, is that you matter, that you are God's beloved." That is so simple in some ways, and so obvious, and so true, mm-hmm. and yet so hard to to manifest or to to be with um because i do like even when you say that i have this thought in my head that by loving people and accepting them for who they are and just being present with them then maybe eventually they could improve if for example if they're struggling with addiction then maybe that could help them improve with their struggles with addiction but maybe that's getting ahead of myself Maybe what I really want to do is just be with them. Right. Well, as in AA, you know, as in recovery programs, first step is uh, to admit that you're powerless over your addiction. Yeah. Uh, but that's hard to do on your own. Maybe when, uh, hope, hopefully there's somebody in a person's life that says, I'm with you through this, through your journey of recovery. Yeah. But the first place to begin is you admitting that there's a problem here. It's not not up to me to point out the problem. It's yeah. not only to create space for them to recognize that there's a problem mm-hmm. that they need to address. Yeah, you're not alone. Right. Well, as we wrap up, I want to just return to the word ministry. Mm-hmm. Because we talked about we talked about the word ministry one night when we were on the phone line together, mm-hmm. and what I can't remember what the exact etymology is, but there was something that really resonated with me about the word ministry. Yeah, I don't recall that. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, George, but that stumps me. You know, ministry is more holistic uh, rather than defining it. Uh, it's 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 um, it's just holding a sense of respect and honor of the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, not yeah, just respecting them, honoring them, honoring their journey, uh, acknowledging that just, that it can be a struggle, and that it's about my companionship. Yeah, or to me, ministry is about companionship. And that's certainly what I see in night ministry. You know, when I walked with Valerie and and uh, uh, Andreas, it's um, that sense of connection with people mm-hmm. because they're human beings, because they're part of they're the part of the beauty of creation in their uniqueness. And it's painful to see people suffering. But it's letting them know that you that they're free to make the choices that they want to make, uh, and that's that's still not going to change the importance of my being present to them. Or as, as I see in Valerie and, and the other night ministers, uh, 
we're still engaged with you. We're not going to walk away from you because you you don't meet my expectations of recovery. Yeah. You know, I'm just there with you. It's like one night when I was with uh, uh, Andreas, somebody dropped a bag of uh, some kind of drug. I don't know, it's meth or cocaine. But I just said, hey, this is yours. Uh, and that's where we're at. Yeah. Well, yeah. Letting people be where they are and not alone. Right. I don't know if that answered your question. That does answer my question. That does answer my question. Um, and this has been this has been a really enlightening conversation with me, especially for me. I especially like. I'm I'm really sitting with the, this idea of just being with people. Mm-hmm. And it's so countercultural in so many ways because mm-hmm. our our society and, and the world I've grown up in and come to know is so oriented towards doing. But there's there's this idea of just people being worthy and loved and enough just by being. And that's really beautiful to me. Yeah, George, you're right. And that's the radicalism of scripture whether it be Hebrew or Christian, mm-hmm. it, it's being, a, a being radically present. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I, I really appreciate it. Okay. God bless. God bless you. Thank you again to Scott for coming on the podcast. Um, that conversation really, I think, is going to stay with me for a long time and it's really going to help me grow. Um, Thank you all for listening and take care.